All right. Welcome to Utility Podcast presented by Big Hugs. Big Hugs is a PFP project that me and my friend CDR started, and we've been working on it for about seven months. And this will fund Big Hugs Studios that we're already building with this podcast. So yeah, please join us in the Discord. Today, we have myself, Jeff, and Bernardo, and an amazing photographer, Johan Lillis, and entrepreneur. Uh, he's the founder of NFT Photographers XYZ. He has an amazing podcast in French, if you understand that language. Uh, and he has commissions at every tourism state agency in Europe and worldwide, and a couple of amazing um, shots on Super Rare that I'm very tempted by, but I'm, I don't have enough money. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah. Thank you for coming, Johan. Um, we are glad to have you here. So today's podcast, we are going to talk about what has been happening in the last weeks on NFT photography. We will discuss a little bit about the entrance of Magnum Photos on the Web3. Is this the recognition of this medium or is just they are trying to get um, the market? We are going to present some collections that minted recently and caught our eyes from landscapes to poetry nature. And um, the, today and for probably the next episodes, we are going to um, add the third rail and the guest conversation in the same space. So basically, we are going to ask our guests to answer our question, our difficult questions, and we go from there. So yeah, just, yeah, good luck. Um, I love difficult <laughs> questions. Let's do that. Just a reminder, this isn't um, financial advice or collecting advice. We're just hanging out and chatting about the space and, uh, you know, the people in it. So, how... Uh, All right. So, how was, how was week? this week, guys? So, Johan, how was this week today? The so, best week of my life, <laughs> yeah. laying in bed with COVID. So, oh. yeah, that free airdrop from NFT NYC, I got it. Nice. And you, and you, Jeff, COVID um, as well? No. No, no COVID, but I'm sleep training my child, which is like so hard. And But you already have three. So this is like already like peanuts for you, isn't it? It's like yeah, but the first more. two, yeah, the first two, I was like, just cry. Just cry until you stop crying. And this one, we're like, well, we probably shouldn't do that. So it's okay. been fun. I'm really so you changed, you changed your approach for the education of the third child? In case you messed the other, the other two? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a typical guy, but I'm like, if it was up to me, I'd just be like, just cry until you stop crying. Like, I don't care. I mean, I do, <laughs> but I don't. You know, it's like everyone in the whole world just cried it out. But um, yeah, smarter people, smart, smarter people prevailed. So here we okay. are. <laughs> I'm exhausted. All right. So... Um, we can start by talking a little bit about the news. And I already mentioned um, Magnum dropped their first collection on the 28th of June. It's called Magnum 75. It is to celebrate the 75 years of Magnum as um, agency. I think we can call it an agency, right? And I don't know if they have gallery as well. Uh, at least they are agency of, of different artists. Um, they are quite well known. Um, so this drop was um, this drop was curated by Alejandro uh, from Obscura and we have 75 photos 
of amazing, well, Magnum art. Some of the photos I already knew from before, which is unbelievable because I never, I was never much interested about photography until now, but I already knew some of the photos that that I've seen in there, which is amazing. Um, so, Johan, I just wanted to ask you, do you think Magnum coming to the space, is that um, the recognition of the medium or this is just because they think they need to grab the scene? Um, <clears throat> it's, um, it's definitely an interesting topic, isn't it? Uh, I was, um, so I met Alejandro in New York last week. Uh, we obviously discussed uh, a lot about this, uh, this upcoming collection that, uh, that dropped uh, last uh, couple of days ago. Um, I, I am passionate about what Alejandro is trying to do in the space. I think he's doing very well. And, uh, and him being so well connected with a lot of Magnum photographers. Um, I think with Obscura, he actually did a, a drop collection with some uh, Magnum photographers a, a few months ago. I think I think it's really important. I, um, as you mentioned, I think it's it's part of finally a recognition of the space, uh, recognition of the medium, and and that's exactly what we need if we want to become more credible. If we want to bring more traditional collectors, and by that I mean collectors from the traditional space, uh, to the NFT space, we we need big brands. We need like these legendary agencies and legendary photographers to finally release their work as nfts now the question is is it relevant that's more the question that i'm asking myself is there any kind of um relevancy to see work that for most i haven't actually checked the collection yet uh, i'm seeing now uh, on the on the share screen from jeff uh, but i'm assuming most of these artwork has been taken on digital cameras uh, but now i see like some work from 2013 so probably not everything so i'm a huge believer <coughs> sorry excuse me i'm a huge believer of nft for photography because to me it just makes sense so much sense when a photographer that used a digital camera just mint that image taken on a digital camera as a one of one and say, this is the actually original. This is like, you cannot go more original than this. Yes, you could sell the, the raw file, but in the art world, in the art space, no one sells the, the raw file. So to me, this is absolutely original. Now, my, that's just my point is like, when an image has been taken on a film camera decades ago, the NFT, whether it's a one of one or an edition, is it, still the original or is the actual like the first print or the negative of that image what is the the, the, the main original that's that honestly is just one question that i've been asking myself for a few months now uh that i've discussed with a couple of friends i don't have the answer that's just a question that i like to ask myself i would love to to hear your point of view on this but long story short i think we need big brands like magnum to join the space at some point anyway does it persuade you one way or the other if it's from a film camera and, and it's not technically the original, you know, negative or what you consider that in a digital camera? Does it dissuade you from, well, I guess, I don't know. Do you collect? I actually don't know. Um, I mean, it wouldn't, to be honest, it probably wouldn't because if that's a big name a photographer that, that I've been admiring for years, decades, uh, you know, just having the chance to finally be the owner of one of his pieces, I would still go for it. But again, I just, 
don't lose the idea that we are still very early and we are all of us experimenting right now. We don't know what is going to be the standards. We don't know if we're going to the right or the wrong direction with our gestures and our actions every day. So if I buy a piece from, I don't know, uh, Sebastião Salgado from his early work, will this piece in 20 years from now will that be seen as an original yes today we all gonna agree that yes this is the the original this is the only one of one from that body of work from salgado but what about what what is going to be the standard from the space in 10 years from now that's just what i'm wondering and no one is the answer to that so yeah. hmm. i think i think we can see the, the the blockchain as an archive as well and if magnum is archiving these files i think that that has value even if you don't think that is the original one, is the archive from Magnum, and you can be the owner of that archive. Yeah, I think there's there's some importance to that because you know, I mean, I don't know if this is going to happen everywhere, but like you just saw this year in Ukraine, there was um, in Kiev, I think there was a museum that got hit by a couple of bombs, and like you know, a lot of original artwork didn't survive, and so. I'm not saying that that's going to be the case elsewhere, but like, you know, situations where there could be a flood or like, you know, other situations where artwork could be destroyed. Like, I do feel like that's an extreme example, um, but I do feel like there's value in that way. And I do, but I do feel like it's a different type of value than a lot of the value that's being sought out right now by NFT, kind of like NFT native photographers, even though they're not native NFT, but like people who kind of, are focusing on this area. I mean, just to bounce back on what Bernardo just said, I'm a huge believer of the uh, archiving aspect that the blockchain offers. And, and to me, that would make so much sense if a platform would just pop up uh, that is 100% dedicated to, the, uh, to, to archiving a bit of work from all these legendary artists from the last decades. And, and big, big yes for this. Now, do we need collectors to buy as a piece of art those archives? That's just my question. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. It's just like it's such a new, a new approach in the in the art space in general that no one can tell can give you that, that answer to, to this. Now, to me, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, it does, but we don't need the collectors to, to buy and collect archivic work, archival work, but maybe that's gonna be the standard. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, just to, to finish on that point also, I think, as I said, we need big brands like Magnum to join the space because these are, these are worldwide recognizable brands and everyone knows Magnum. But Magnum is very broad, right? As you mentioned, it's an agency. So they, they represent very, very fresh new starting photographers who are, by starting photographers, I mean young photographers who are like in the 20s. They represent some photographers in the 20s, but they also represent photographers who either died or who have like 80, 90 years old. Do we, and by we, I mean Web3, the whole NFT space, do we need 90 years old plus photographers to be selling NFTs? While my point is with the NFT space, what excites me the most is that finally emerging artists and newcomers and people who have always been left behind for the last 
decade, basically, ever since Web2 arrived, all these artists have a new chance to finally be on top of the game. But what if Salgado, McCurry, Bruce Gilden, all these huge names arrive and take over the space by storm? And obviously, they will still be at the top because of the names. So there will never be a new approach. There will never be a new chance for these emerging artists to finally be on the top because of how the, how the hierarchy works in the space. And by the space, I mean the art space in general. You know, when you're the number one, whatever way you sell, whatever who you are, you're still going to be the number one until you go to a total new direction where that number one doesn't even exist. We know him, but he is not present. So there's a yeah. new chance for someone to become the new number one. That's the, that's the advantage of Web3, right? Like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> like it, it favors the people with it favors the people who haven't built that community yet. It favors the people who have that energy still. And it favors the people who are looking to build things. And like, I will say though, to Bruce Gilden's credit, um, you know, he made the effort. He, he came in and like, you know, made a huge effort, which I appreciate because it's been more than a lot of those photographers he, have done. He, and he didn't have to. He, he didn't really, really didn't have, have to, to, yeah. But it was amazing. <laughs> oh, he was. He was. And you know, like, I'm a huge fan of Alex Soth, and I bought one of his NFTs for his Genesis collection, although I don't necessarily think that we need him in the space. And yet, I was one of the first ones to buy his piece because I, I love his work. So at the end of the day, I think it helps having those big names joining us, joining the space. It definitely helps everyone. For credibility. For credibility. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Now, the big question is like, do we need them? Well, Alejandro just put a, an email, an email, a, a tweet thread saying that we really are not, we really should collect this, this artists and we are not. So I the, the, the good work is not having the market that it should, in his opinion. I think that I, I would, I would defend his point a little bit. I actually spoke with him a lot after that tweet. Cause I, we had this back and forth going and I was like, just trying to, see exactly what he was talking about. And I think there is, there is value to, there is value to bringing all as many of these people in as we can who want to be here, I think. And I think that's the problem is that a lot of those people did all of their community building outside of Web3. So like they, like he made a really good point, which was like, they did the same thing, they hustled and they built their community. It just happened to be before NFTs existed. So like they've done a lot of that hustling before. The problem is, is those people will come in and they either have to like restart their hustling and like completely build a new community, which would be a little bit easier because they have an advantage already of being a known name or they, or they, they view it as like another stream of income, which I think is also valid. Like I can sell prints, I could sell one-on-ones and I can sell NFTs, but it does take a chunk. It does. I, I get that. It definitely takes a chunk away from the people who see this as their shot. Yeah. What do you think? So on this, on this subject, we have more questions than answers, isn't it? Yeah. That's it, right? I mean, I saw that tweet as well from Alejandro and I, I really resonated with it as well. But, but again, I think, that is, that is why people like him and, and, and a few others, we need these guys to experiment and to build. No, we need, 
and to and, pave the and we way. need Alejandro yeah. and we need Alejandro to do these things to be that bridge exactly and yeah although although I'm not I'm not buying those photos I would love to uh, but I don't have the means to be able to now um it's really important and I uh, and he should continue to do that because I think it's even even though I'm not collecting I think he's doing a wonderful job and he should continue absolutely I fully agree with you well, do you want to move on? You want to, we want to go look at some of the people who are dropping in this space who, um, yep. you know, who are working in the space, you know, there was, wasn't a ton of drops and I keep soliciting, um, everyone to be honest and not getting a lot of responses. So if you are dropping something in the near future, please let us know. Cause we can highlight it on the show. I already um, have a few for the next episodes. Right, I already have a few. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. Cool. Great. Um, <laughs> So yeah, this drop is from Maria Norup, who I, I think we've collected through the Big Hugs collection. Um, it, let me share it really fast. Oh, sorry. Oh gosh. I like it. It's, it's called Dryads, the tree bound. Um, but it reminds me of it reminds me of like Willow, like the movie Willow. Am I too old? Does anyone else remember this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It reminds I me of that. It reminds me of, I'm trying my best not to say the word like ethereal because for some reason, everyone uses that word to describe photos. It reminds me of um, a book called The Buried Giant by Kazuo yep. Izagura. And it's kind of like this fantasy world where um, I don't know. You just, you're traveling through this fantasy world of like, everything's a little bit dark. Everything's a little bit terrifying. And there's a lot of unknowns. Um, yeah. And I like it. It's a good, it's a good drop. And I like, I like where she's going. Um, all of her photos kind of have a similar tone. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. It's, I wanted to, to, this, to, to bring Maria's work as well, because it's one of those works that you can tell by looking at one photo, you can tell that it's from her, I think. She has like a, a signature style, um, which I really like. And we wanted to highlight this, this collection um, because of the quality of, of the work. And, uh, and I call it, in, in the beginning, I call it poetry in nature. <clears throat> And that's what I see in this in this in this collection. I will say that like I'm not usually a fan of people lounging around in nature. You know, be it like this or just like it's awkward to my eyes because it feels like a dead body or something. But uh, I don't know. That's just like I don't have like a lot of like a technical analysis here. But this one was like this one was like oh this looks like a dead body. It's a little like dark. It is dark, but I, I really, really like what I see. I didn't know her work at all. So thanks for, for sharing that with yeah, me. Yeah, you, you, just, you just hang on super rare instead of going to foundation where other people, normal people are. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I was going to ask. So yeah, <laughs> as Jeff mentioned in the introduction, I, I only sell on super rare, but I, I would love to know what you guys think now of foundation because I believe you know, like when everyone started a few months ago, that was the question, like everyone would ask collectors, where do you prefer to collect? Do you prefer foundation? Do you prefer OpenSea? Blah, 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 like these kind of shitty questions. But now for some reason, I think like there, there is a standard 
And I think, tell me if I'm wrong, that the standard has become its foundation. For photography, foundation is the absolute standard and, and all collectors, that's where they're buying. Um, um, I'm going to tell you, I like to see on foundation, I think there's where people mint the most, but I think Sloika, if they would come, if they were a little bit early in the game, I think they are really good in what they are doing as well. So both of them, I, I think Sloika as well, they are ahead of OpenSea by miles. <laughs> why, why do you think that? Well, just the way you can see the photo. Well, there is one thing on, on foundation that annoys me. That is the, the crop. Yeah, it's terrible. On, on the, it's terrible. That is terrible. Yeah. And I think Sloika has a, a very good way of seeing. We can see the collections in a really good way. So I think Sloika just doesn't have that market share because they came after. Yeah. I mean, for me, because I'm not like a whale, you know, I don't go on super rare because I just know the prices are like, like, I think we talked before, Johan, and you were like, I love your, I love your photography. Um, we'll probably get into that later, but like, I just can't like, I can't put it like, and I know that, I know that you know what it's worth and I know that it's worth that, but like, I can't, I can't rock that price. So like, I have to stay down in the, uh, in the open sea slash foundation, like price range. Um, although I don't know, it's dropped a lot. So maybe, but, um. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I'm I used to hate foundation because I used to hate having to outbid people. That just it gives me a lot of anxiety to try to like it feels like you're at like a swap meet or something. You know what that is? Yeah. And you're like bidding on things and you're like bargaining. I hate bartering. I hate all that stuff. I'm just <laughs> like, what's the price? Give me the price, I'll pay it. Like that's fine. Um I like foundation now though. It's just the crop just they gotta they gotta do something about the crop. It's crazy. Well, First of all, thanks so much for your nice words, dude. I really appreciate that. Uh, and I, I really think I, I'm a huge fan of foundation, to be honest. Like for, for the for the UI and the UX, I think they by far, and I say by far the best. I freaking hate everything about Super Air. Everything. Like I don't understand why. Really? Oh my god! It's as you as just you just mentioned. Like the re I mean, when I when I joined the space. I wanted like that. This was my part of this was my strategy. I was like, I'm gonna wait until I get on Super A. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was a, a mistake from me. Whatever. This is not the point here. But Michael was like, I'm gonna start selling on Super A just because it's the most and highest curated platform, and because that's where the premium art is being sold. But to be honest, ever since I discovered Super A, I was like, oh my god, this this looks like a 2010 website. Like it. It is so bad. It is, it, it, <laughs> and it's so slow. I mean, we all we, we have a group chat uh, with all the super photographers where we discuss, oh. it, and we all complain about it. All hundred percent of us. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I wanted to once. I I, I I've already been in Superior many times, trying to find the artists and going on the search bar, and I cannot find them. I cannot well, find people. Well, Sloika has the same problem, though. So there's a few of them who have the same problem. Sloika has the same problem. I don't understand why people don't put a freaking search bar in the platform. This is the number one thing you need to do. But yeah, I mean, Super <laughs> I agree. They don't have a search bar either. It makes me so mad. No, they have a search bar. It doesn't work properly. Oh, they do? Okay, because, yes. yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah, because I know that every time I want to go on a profile of a friend on Super A, I need to remember the, the URL. That's the only way for me to directly go on the profile. Oh, I always go to the Twitter profile and then link from there. It's oh, like the only yeah. way I get anywhere. Like I never search any artists. 
but foundation is is really good it's so simple to understand yeah the crop is not ideal but at the end of the day uh it's a compromise that you need to make if if they if they were to leave uncropped it wouldn't look as good that's for sure that's fair uh, so it's that's a, a fair compromise. point i don't know yeah maybe for photography it could be a bit better i don't know but I, honestly if if foundation were was a bit more um maybe just a bit more highly created or i mean it, no it's bullshit it, it became the standard so i should definitely i should definitely start setting up foundation anyway. i think <laughs> what you should, I don't I think like should. though what i don't like though and again i'd love to hear your point on this what what is the reason why photographers will very very much vary the price based on the platform where they sell meaning like if they can sell a piece on slow car for point one then another piece on foundation for one and then this another piece on, on super for 10 all one yeah. of one you How ask you us by that it doesn't make i don't sense. understand that i don't understand that and you are asking the wrong people you should someone ask just, the yeah. that. someone just asked me yesterday they were like hey i'm minting on found i'm minting on foundation and they were on super rare and they're like do i need to lower my prices and i was like please 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 don't ask me about prices like I, I love your work. Don't ask me about prices. And I was like, but but why? Like, why would you? I don't know. Super rare is the premium. It's like it's where everyone wants to be. So let's raise the prices. So it's, I don't know. It's just weird. Anyway, we don't have to belabor this point. We should probably move on. Yeah. Okay. And actually, we were going to talk a, a little bit about this, um, about these um, collections and collection sizes. Um, Louis, um, a, a known collector, the the guy, the founder of Fingerprints and and yeah. the founder of Rodau, he just made a tweet about where a thread where he was talking about the NFT photography market. And basically he just said that everyone is flooding the market. Everyone is flooding. Everyone is, is pushing the prices down. Everyone, um, and he says that the market is not efficient. And that is one of the reasons that people that don't have patience, they, don't have, they are not patient enough to wait for the collection to sold out and then whenever they have then this is what he says whenever they have a proper secondary to start to think about the next drop now the question that i wanted to ask uh louis but he's not here so i ask you Johan. um in 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 the, the the photography space outside nfts an artist doesn't think about is scarcity you know he, he drops his i don't think he does because you go to a gallery and there's a lot of photos and he is not expecting to sell everything before he does the new work or the next work or the next um, collection. Why does it need to be like this in, in, in the NFT space? Well, I really don't agree with you um, because what you just said, which is true, uh, when you said like artists, they don't expect to sell straight away when they exhibit in galleries. And then even if they haven't sell out, they already start building on the next work. This to me is still scarcity uh, because I don't know any artist who is gonna do more, more than two exhibitions, two different exhibitions to present two body of work within a year. Two would be the absolute max. Maybe three, if you like, you're hardcore working and you are very well connected. But most of the people would have an exhibition once every two or three years. 
And mm. this is so scarce already. You know, I mean, again, there are very, there, there, there are a few, few exceptions where I know people who will release a new book every year. And that amazed me so much. Like my book was released five years ago and I'm still not ready to release a new book because that makes, that should, takes a lot of time. So, but again, you know, to go back to the NFT space, uh, Luis is absolutely, absolutely right. Uh, I, 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 I personally hate to see that people are so in a rush to sell out and they will consider a failure if they don't sell out within a week, a month or whatever else. Uh, we don't see that, as you mentioned, we don't see that in the trade space. If you release a body of work, you exhibit that in a gallery, and it's like a, a body of work of, let's say, 30 or 40 pieces, maybe 20, which is like the, the, the norm usually. Well, if you are not one of the huge names, you're not going to sell out at the opening of the exhibition. It might take a few weeks, if not a few months, if not a few years. And that's fine. That's how the space works. So why would it be different in the empty space? You're right. It doesn't make any sense. Um, well, I think I think the big difference, uh, yeah, Jeff, go for it. No, no I think I know, I know where you're going. Go ahead. No, I think the big difference that we see in the space is that we, we're not talking to the same kind of collectors. Uh, the collectors are so not well-educated. I mean, it's not that they're not uneducated. It's just like they are here for, the, for, for not the same reasons. We, are, we have collectors here who are buying just for the flipping, just for the investment, not specifically just for the art. And collectors also who might just be there for the art only, but who have zero experience in the traditional space would think, and that's where the mistake is, would think that if you don't sell out in a week, you are a failure and they have put their money in the way in the wrong uh, in the wrong people so it's just about education it's just about educating the collectors to tell them artists don't need to sell out in a week and that's actually funny that you bring in that point because um i mean not that i want to 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 to, to walk uh, to jump on a on that opportunity but i think it's a it's a great way it's like this is exactly one of the reasons i never put an edition out so far which i'm going to have my my first edition coming next week but in a very innovative way that no one has ever done in the space just because i hate the fact that if you're a photographer and you drop an edition in the space and you don't sell out within the first two days you know for sure that you're never going to sell out your edition anymore because the, that's how the space works the space moves, moves on so fast and collectors and artists, they will think that, yeah, that drop was just two days ago. It's so old already. I want to go on the next drop. And yeah, so that's, on. And that's the problem with this space. That's the, but it's, it's also like everything you just said is what is baked into this space. Like this is social media meets traditional art world. And so like, you're going to get the traditional art world where like, there's a lot of people in here who understand that. And, and there's a lot of people who, have all of those values and then there's all this social media attached to it where everybody moves on quickly i mean i have like panicked dms or people who are like i have additions available do you want to reserve them i'm like can i just get it later you know it's like it's very like it's it turns into this kind of used car salesman type of thing where you're like hey man i gotta get these things off the lot because i got more cars coming in and it's weird because it's not weird it makes sense and when you're talking about uneducated collectors you're talking about me like you're talking about the guy who like came in to like collect pfps and make money and then fell into this like beautiful hole of photography and i was like oh i love this space and so for me i'm still learning i think the dangerous thing is 
and it's the thing I push back as hard as I can on is sometimes the traditional art world and their values can it's like walking into a bike shop and like getting that one guy who fucking knows everything about bikes and he's like oh you don't want this bike you this bike piece of shit and like, yeah they want to tell you all about the bike and you're like just give me a bike you know like you don't have to fully educate me or like coffee it's the same thing with that type of scenario it's just i don't want to be like made to feel stupid while i'm learning i want to learn and i'm willing to learn and i'm like being as genuine as i can about learning to put my money behind people who put a lot of effort and thought and into their work but i don't want to be made to feel stupid because that's a source point for me as someone who feels stupid already coming into a traditional art world so like when people are like you know don't collect this collect this or you shouldn't be collecting this it makes me want to just like push back on that rebel against and be like fuck it, i'm gonna buy garbage i'm gonna buy a bunch of garbage like don't <laughs> tell me what to do which isn't you know it's not helpful but like i can't i think that's where i'm coming from it's fair uh you know we're not here artists to ask all collectors to be educated to know exactly what they want to buy what again we're all experimenting and i think I think one of the mistakes that we artists are making in the space is we are trying to sell our art just like as we would try to sell uh, prints. And I, I'm not saying prints in galleries, but prints like you see people photographers on Instagram saying, hey, I just opened my print shop uh, and they go through a whole marketing campaign and they do they work with newsletters and they do if you if you buy in the first two days, you have a 50% discount, you know, this kind of sales that we're trying to make. I wouldn't be surprised to see in three months or six months a new trend where people drop the collection and say everything 50% discount for the first day of the drop. I wouldn't be so surprised to see this kind of shit happening. Well, because now you gave some ideas people. too. Yeah. <laughs> don't give ideas. <laughs> can you imagine? Like, I mean, that I can I can you just said it now. I can, it will. That would work. That would work for sure because that's how the space and the web, the whole web web native people work. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a hype cycle mentality, and it's it's detrimental to actual creation and consumption of art. I think maybe I should be the one to start that to to start the trend. At least I'm <laughs> <secure> my vibes. <laughs> yes. All right. Do you want to move on? You want to keep talking about it? No, I don't have anything to say. I think I agree with. Louis, I think, um, yeah, people need to be more patient. And I, I come, I come from the PFP or the crypto, crypto um, world, where uh, one month is ten years, you know. And if people feed me with this kind of buy quick, needs to be quick, I'll, I'll go through, it. I'll go to it because I'm used to it, you know. So if the artists feed this frenzing of of buying and needs to be quick and everything is going to sold out i'm going for it you know that that's yeah. where i'm coming from it's hard to resist it's kind of a short-term mentality that's really difficult to resist if you've been in that space a long time same with me of course I, I, and i fully agree and respect that my just worry is like what what happens to the to the work that hasn't, hasn't been sold you know the, the work that is just sitting there that has been sitting there for months just if I look at my work, I just had five pieces minted on Super Rare. Three of them have sold, 
two of them are still sitting there still since December, unsolved. Why is the reason why is why what is the reason why they're not selling? Maybe too expensive, maybe a lot of reasons, but definitely one of the reasons is probably because people see, oh my God, that's, that was minted seven months ago. Yeah. That's sold. And yeah. you know, if I were to drop the exact same work at the exact same price today, fresh, maybe there would be more momentum around it. Maybe more people reaching out to me say, hey, I'm actually inter- in- I'm interested. Who knows? You should you should put that out like new collection. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, two, well, two, two collections come to mind immediately. Uh, Christina Dimidel's uh, This Is What Hatred Did is not sold yep. out, which is insane. No, no, no. And don't say to anyone. Don't say and to then, anyone because I'm still, I'm still saving. For and that. then Matthew Morocco's um, collection is not sold out. And it just fucking blows my mind that those two collections are not sold out. Anyway. And of course, Yo and Lolo's. You want and you're collection host, as yeah, well. You were and going to say another that one. one. There's another one that I absolutely love as well. It's uh, from Grayson Lofenberger, the one on the yep. beach. That one's fantastic. I don't understand why that one is not sold out. It's yeah. I fucking love that collection. So yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about one that did sell out. It's kind of like you know this happens in this is this is why I don't want to. And we talked about her last week, so I don't want to like you know make her feel bad about selling out because that should be celebrated but this is why i think people get into this cycle is that something like this happens and congratulations to summer wagner for like absolutely crushing it um this week she like sold 40 ETH worth of uh photography but like i bought a summer picture man november from her last collection and i was like this is great it reminds me to like not have my face buried in my phone all the time. I love the photo and I didn't think anything of it. And I just kind of went on and I thought, you know, I wonder what she's up to. Well, apparently she was up to a lot. She minted 52 of these, but like this thing happened where it just caught all this momentum. And then you get these people like D's coming in from like PFP world, like influencers like D's coming in from PFP world and snapping these up and then talking about them. And then that's the momentum that we're talking about where the rest of the photography world will see this collection flying off the, out of the door and wonder why theirs isn't selling. And I think it's, it's hard for me too. Like, it's like when I watch like a really bad PFP collection, like sell out immediately, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are, what's that? And I'm not saying that this is a bad collection. It's actually a really fantastic collection. It's just when you're looking at it from the outside as a photographer who hasn't sold anything in like six months, you start to think, well, pretty soon this is going to happen to me. And so, you know, for one, I would like to congratulate Summer for patience and perseverance because I know she's been here for a long time, like building and shooting apparently. Oh, 53 in the collection anyways. Um, But also... You know, I think this happened to Kala Kessler, like her whole collection sold out in like one day and it gets a little, someone was like, I don't want to participate in that because it sends a weird signal to everyone else that it's like, this is what it's like, or you're a failure, you know, thoughts or not. I really like, I really like this way of thinking. And, um, I, I'm a huge fan of Summer's work. I, I had the the great honor to meet her in New York last week. Um, 
and I'm I'm really really excited and happy for her. Uh, that's only because the, the way you just described what could be wrong with like this kind of whole trend slash hype thing around one specific collection, I, I never thought of this, but it, it does make sense. It, it really does make sense. Uh, but again, isn't how the space works in general? Uh, trends, hypes, from people forming in. It, it it's always been like this. It's like. Yeah. You drop something and people don't want to fall in because at the end of the day, yes, people are here for the art, but a vast majority is here for the good investment as well. I'm not saying the flipping, but at least they want to, to make sure that, okay, if, yep. if a, a huge influencer, someone like a whale like this is putting his money on Summer's work, it probably means that this guy who has a great experience in flipping PFPs, he knows where he's putting his money. So. Yep. It's just an easy I don't way think it's, I don't think it's only that. I think I already talked about this. It's like whenever you see a collection going <clears throat> and a lot of people buying it, as a collector perspective, and I have that perspective and I already told that public, is like whenever I collect, I, some, I want to have a collection that in, in one day, in case I need to resell, I have the liquidity to be able to sell. So if exactly. you see a collection of 53 pictures photos that are is going in a, a week everything sells out and if you see that the, the collection is going to sell out that means that is going to be scarce so if i get one of those images one of those tokens the likelihood of that uh, photo selling in the future is much higher from a collection that never sold out so it's it's a crowd is 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 a crowd thing where I'm going because the other ones are going because that is going to be scarce. And this is going to be a, a I don't know if it's a good investment, but the likelihood of being a good investment is higher than if I buy one that is not selling out. True. So everything, it's like a cycle. It fits itself, isn't it? I, go ahead. No, no, no I, was going, I was not going to say anymore. I was not going I, to say anything more. I was just going to say, uh, but for some reason I cannot remember his name, which is a shame because we talk a lot. <laughs> my best friend whose name I forgot. Oh my God, what's his name? I'm so bad with names. I'm well, now so you scared. can't say it because then he'll know that you forgot his name. Yeah, yes. no, I can, I, yeah, Omar, I it's Omar. I say, uh, what's his name for fuck's sake? Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm a huge fan of his work and I've been a huge fan of his work even before NFTs. Uh, but I was just going to say the exact same thing ha happened to that guy. Oh my God, I feel so bad. To that guy who had made zero sale out of his collection for four months and then Whale Shark bought like three or four pieces and then all of a sudden he went sold out in like one day. Yep. Um, what's his name? For I'm so, so, I feel so bad now. Oh my God. Well, you look his name up and then we'll move on. Um... I don't want to linger too much on Summer's work because I kind of want to get her on the podcast to talk about. It. So yeah, I think we on. we are going to speak with Summer soon. Hopefully, if she could, if she still wants to speak with us now that she's so big, I mean, who knows? Um, <laughs> but we are going to get bigger as well. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. Josh Jackson, sorry about that, Josh. Sorry, <laughs> Josh Jackson. I'm tagging him on the on the. Oh my god! I'm just kidding, <laughs> Josh. Sorry, but but yeah, Josh was one of the gay the guy. Uh, Let's talk about I you. Bought, I bought that for NFT NYC. They didn't arrive on time. So I'm just going to put it here just so I can make a good usage at least. 
That's smart because <laughs> I was thinking that would be my problem at NFT NYC. I'm like, no one will know who I am and no one Dude, will know it who was anyone a, is. It was a huge problem. Like Summer, for example, I had no idea what she looked like. Yeah. And so we were at the Obscura Gallery. And then, uh, well, at least because I, went in, I was a speaker, I had my badge with written Johanna Laws on it. So a lot of people recognized me. And so she came to me and said, hey, I'm Summer Wagner. So, oh my God, you know, if she wouldn't approach me, I had, yeah. I would have zero idea she was, that was her. It should be mandatory to wear a little name tag. You should, yeah. So well, now we are going to, yeah, let's go talk about you, Johan. What are you up to? What are your projects? All right, so my projects, um, getting better from COVID, project number one. Uh, <laughs> I'm flying in two days to Indonesia for the summer. I'm going there with my girlfriend. We're going to spend uh, seven weeks there. So I'm very, very excited to just change a bit of setting and uh, shoot again. It's been a while I haven't shot properly um, stuff that I really like. And I've been in Bali before and I absolutely love Bali. And I've never been to any other island that Bali in Indonesia. Uh, thanks for sharing the work, Jeff. Uh, so yeah, very excited about this. And then obviously I'm still working a lot on NFT photographers, the platform that I launched last December, although everything is a bit more slower than I thought it would be. Uh, a lot of challenges mainly to find the right team and, uh, and find the, the, the funds to develop the V2, but that's another story. So, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time working full time on NFTP for between January and, and May almost. And now just before NFT NYC, I just wanted to refocus a bit on my on my own stuff. So NFT photographers is still very much there. I still have a, a, a strong vision of where I want to bring that, but I think I'm just gonna pause a bit to at least put a, a hold on it. So uh, if you have to describe NFT photographers to someone that doesn't know it in one minute, what, what would it be? Um, Right now, the, the, the current platform that exists, I would describe that as a repertory slash search engine aimed to collectors who are willing to uh, find talents they don't know, photographers that they don't know. Um, and it's a curated platform. So it's been created in a very fresh way, very web-free way meaning that it was not just one person or two person to create a work. It was a, a, a people, a group of 30 creators representing all genres of photography who curated all the submitted work. We received a thousand submissions and they created that in a blind way. So they, they just had the artwork before their eyes and they didn't know who <coughs> that image is. So it was just to be the most transparent and the most fair to people uh, and not trying to put um, uh, to give more chance to people who have a big name or whatever you know, big social media following. It, it was just about the art and just about the the quality of the work. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what it is right now, and it's it's also a platform that uh, photographers can use. Those who have been curated, they can use that platform to basically be a one page where they can show links to all the platform where they sell and show all the NFTs that they sell throughout all the platforms. So it's just like you know, people use Linktree, that's great, but uh, if they just want to show everything to a collector that is interested in buying their work, they just can send their profile on NFT photographers, say, okay, this is what I have available. This is all the links to all my marketplaces. Just, you know, this is just like the, the root, root link, if I can say. It's a very but nice tool. It's a very nice tool because I, I used it already to collect, so. 
Thanks, really, man. Thanks. Yep. It's a it's a very web two platform right now because I developed that myself on a WordPress website last year, and I'm not a dev, so I was very limited. But uh, I have a I have a very sharp vision of what I want to do at least for the V2. And when the V2 is out, uh, the mockup is finished. I, I just need to find the dev that is not going to charge me a hundred thousand dollars, which is the quotation that I get from everyone so far. <laughs> uh so yeah as long as the v2 is going to be is going to get out uh i think it's going to change a lot and will help a lot of collectors also because one one big issue that i see with a lot of collectors from what they tell me is that artists they sell on many 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 different platforms and they need to track to 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 be to be in order to track an artist's activity they need to open basically every every tab for every marketplace where they sell and it's yes. a bit of yep. With the V2, so we're just trying to put everything everything on one place. So the collectors, they, they will be able to track activities from an artist just from one single place. Can you preview? I mean, is, do you have any like uh, you know breaking news on like what it could what it could be or like what your vision is for it, or do you want to keep that kind of under wraps? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, uh, it, it was a secret kind of for at the beginning, but at the end of the day. Uh, Everyone is going there, and I see a lot of projects going there. So I, it's not a secret anymore. Uh, if anyone wants to steal the ID, they can. It's just like I'm throwing it with with with, uh, with the investment and the money. I just I'm still hoping to find it. I just realized that the ID is not everything. You need the team. So if people have a better team than me, I'd love to work with them. No, where, no reason why not. But basically, what I'm trying to do uh, under the very long term is like build that highly curated marketplace for photographers uh, with 0% commission uh, for photographers and a very web three oriented. So the creation system would be the same that it is uh, that has been so far. Uh, but I really want, you know, to, again, to solve that problem where collectors are struggling, struggling to, 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 to track an activity from everyone. So ideally, my perfect marketplace would be a highly curated marketplace, just like uh, art blocks or super a uh, are uh, with zero percent commission with a proper community based on the token just like super a has done uh, with the right rail token and finally some kind of aggregator where collectors will be able to buy every past minted pieces minted on any other platform straight away from just one website like so, gem. Yeah, sorry. Like gem swap. Well, gem is very PFP oriented, right? Yeah, uh, but different. and it's it's an aggregator. I mean, it's just an aggregator. You cannot mint on gem. Yeah. So the I'm saying that be, part would be like gem. Yes. So the idea, really, if I I'm gonna give you an example. Uh, I mean, let's say I I know very well Monaris. So I'm gonna take an ex as an example. I know she means on very on a, on a few marketplaces, mainly on SuperRare, but she, she has some work on OpenSea and Nifty Gateway and Foundation. So basically all the previous work unsold that is that has been minted on those platforms, you would still be able to buy them straight away from the marketplace slash aggregator we're trying to build. But she will be also able to mint directly on the marketplace, meaning like just like on foundation, basically, if you go on foundation, you can see her super rare pieces right now. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it works. If you want to buy it, maybe I'm, I'm not sure. I don't maybe. think you can. I don't think you uh, can. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. I've never tried. Uh, but yeah, the idea is really like, to. I want to, to have this one 
one platform for photography. So when everyone in the future will think of, I want to buy NFT photography, they won't think of anything else because they can find everything on that set platform. So that's awesome. That's a long, long way to go until there. Probably not until the end of the year, if not next year. What I'm really trying to focus now is like the V2. The V2 is finished in terms of like all the features that we want, all the, the, web, the web design is finished. All of this is finished. I was working with a dev uh, who was supposed to potentially become a co-founder slash CTO who told me a month ago that he's, uh, he's not willing to commit longer on the project. So he worked, he developed already 50%, maybe a, probably a bit less. Dev, devs always say yep. a lot, but they, they don't do that much. <laughs> yep. So he probably did a bit less uh, of the work. So now he said, I'm happy to finish the work, but I'm going to charge uh, 40 or $50,000 to finish the work, which I don't have, obviously. Yeah. Like, hmm, what do I do? So yeah, but I really want that V2 to get out as soon as possible because it's, nope. it, it's going to help a lot of people for sure. Awesome. Right, but so you are now going to Bali and you said that you were going to um, shoot again. And we wanted to bring you here because me and Jeff, we are, we are collectors of NFT photography and both of us almost don't have any landscapes. Yeah, I'm afraid we're going to shoot again. So we wanted to ask you, we wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what does it make a good landscape photo? How can we, as uneducated collectors, look at one landscape and say, okay, this is good or this is not good? I mean, honestly, there's no proper answer to that question um, because taste evolves. Uh, I've been shooting landscape for more than 10 years. And if I show you the landscape I shot even five years ago, I can tell you 100%, if you like my work today, the work on Super Ray, I can tell you 100%, you won't like the work that I shot five years ago, for sure. I mean, although that was shot in five, five years ago, to be honest, but uh, there's some work that I shot five or six years ago that you won't like. And yet that was kind of what I used to shoot more, but my vision, my taste, also, yeah, my taste as a consumer of photography evolved a lot. There is a lot of people, and I'm one of them today, that resonate more with documentary photography and portrait photography and street photography, and I'm one of them as well. To be honest, when I see landscape photography nowadays, I'm very, very, very picky, and most of what I see, I don't like it very much. Uh, I resonate mostly with abstract kind of landscape photography nowadays. Uh, I met Tara, uh, don't know her family name. Yeah, Tara. Tara. Yeah, Tara. she's awesome. Oh, Tara uh, Whitman. Whitman. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know how familiar you are with her work uh, and if you <clears> like <throat> that kind of landscape, but I personally love that kind of landscape. Yeah. Same for Lola Hübner. I think she does really, really great style, even though she mixes a bit of uh, adventure, human. It's not landscape, pure landscape only, but I, I really like what she does as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's but, just evolution. I, I, I can't tell you. This is a good landscape photo and this is a bad landscape photo. What I can tell you though, is that I personally don't like anymore because I used to, I don't like anymore uh, long exposure landscape photo. I hate that, but it's just me. I'm not telling you this is bad photo. It's just me. I cannot see a long exposure waterfall or a long exposure seascape. I, it's just like, ah, I hate that. Why, why? Because it's like played out. Like why, why is, why do you not like that? Because it just feels like, that's funny, you know, because I used to shoot that 
And I had a girlfriend eight years ago uh, who told me, who hated my work. But I, I love that kind of <laughs> so work out, huh? <laughs> that was brutal. We didn't, it, we didn't last long, six yeah. years. But, uh, I, was, I was living in New Zealand, 2015. And she came to visit me there. And uh, I was shooting this kind of long exposure seascape stuff. And she told me, oh my God, she told me, this kind of long exposure shot, this is so bad. It looks like images that you see hanging on a, on a snack, fast food snack kind of wall. Like you enter any kind of fast food <laughs> snack and this is like shittiest Ouch. image. Yeah, it hurts. But I was like, oh my God, that hurts a lot. And, and for some reason, eight years later, that's exactly how I feel about this kind of mm. image. I'm not saying it is bad. It's just like, yeah, it is so deja vu. So deja vu. So and, do do you think do you think that landscape photography like that has compels less to the emotion of the viewer and is just beautiful like is plain and simply no, a beautiful I'm shot that. I'm not saying that because um you know I, I'm I'm not talking about <coughs> I'm not talking about the the technical aspect of it which by the way the technical aspect of it is actually very complicated more complicated than non long exposure shots uh it's just about emotion it's just about how one person would connect with with the work or not and i'm sure that there's a lot of people who don't connect at all with my work and that's fine uh because maybe it's too abstract for them or because it's too colorful or for any other reason i don't know uh, okay but if you have to tell me give me two tips in, yeah, give us some, it, give, give us me two tips here no we need we need help we need help okay <laughs> i want i i'm missing some landscape in my collection i want to go and I don't have the eight ETH that you charge for one. So if I want to go for it's landscapes, seven, so. um, what should I look for that is not good? So I'm not saying that is okay. what so, I look for to be good. What is not good? What I should should see straight away, right. this, is, this is not good. Straight away, like straight away, there's no question asked. The first thing you should see, the first thing you should look for is the horizon line. So if the horizon line is not straight, it's bad. And again, it's okay. not like 100% of the case. Sometimes it's on purpose. But personally, I know that if I see a landscape image that the way the horizon line is not straight, it's like, oh my God, I, I just <laughs> I just cannot. It's like, why the fuck you just didn't put like two, two seconds of Lightroom to just put the horizon line straight. Uh, so yeah, that's number thing, number okay. one thing. Uh, Second thing, are you making notes, Jeff? Yeah, there, I notes? mean, I'll, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, it's a pretty obvious one. Uh, but I mean, second thing is obviously the composition. Uh, but it it becomes a little bit more personal taste. But the composition, personally, I think, if the composition is very boring, meaning like you have you don't have a foreground and you don't have a background. I mean, everything is like on the same kind of scales, space. I don't know how you would say that. Yeah, if there's not depth okay. in the image and the composition, so you don't have. So, do you think landscape needs to have several subjects? Not necessarily, because um, I mean, I'd be curious to know what you guys think of an image of mine that I have in mind, uh, which is basically an image. It's a very minimal image that I love, but it's a it's an image of a tree in a lake on a very foggy day. So basically, all you see is just a tree. So. It's the only subject. There's no foreground. There's no background because the mountains, the background are actually completely covered in the in the clouds. 
you just see a tree. So it, it, you couldn't go more minimal than this. And I think, but I'm biased, obviously, I think this is a very good image. Uh, but I mean, I'd love to I, I resonate more with those kind of images rather than, for example, and they are super, they sell so well, that is those hypersaturated uh, landscape photos. I, I mean, hate hypersaturated things. Yeah, uh, I, I exactly know what you mean is, um, again, it's really just, you know, we were talking about how uneducated you are. I think you are educated and, and uh, it's just Thank a you. matter of personal choice, personal taste, personal perspective and, and opinion. And at the end of the day, you open Instagram, you open uh, Flickr, 500px, whatever photograph platform that you want, the vast majority of the most liked images, the most popular images are going to be oversaturated landscape images. So it's not about who is doing that the best or what is the best and this image is good and this one is not good. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's just about how one person resonates and connect with one image. And the reality is people who are, uh, who don't know that much about photography. And when I say that, I think of, for example, my parents, uh, my godmother, who's like 75 years old, who's always been super supportive of my work, even in the early days when I was shooting shit, like proper shit. She was like one of my first supporters. She said, oh my God, you're the best. You're the best photographer. It's amazing. Because all she sees is just beautiful places, amazing beaches, amazing mountains, beautiful, dreamy places. And, and this is why books, photo books, like released, published by uh, brands like Nat Geographic or Lonely Planet, you know, all these like the best hundred amazing locations to travel to. And you have like just a series of beautiful landscapes. I have a lot of them and I don't open them anymore because to me, you know, I don't like the photography in, the, in there anymore. But at the end of the day, these are the kind of photo books that are the most easily accessible for the vast general public because that's what people want to go. That's what people want to see. People who are not educated with photography, first, landscape is the most easiest way to enter photography because everyone loves landscape. And second, everyone loves beautiful places like wild open nature spaces, beautiful forests, beautiful beaches, beautiful whatever. So people don't look at an image saying, oh my God, the horizon line is not straight or it's too saturated or whatever. What they think is, oh my God, I want to be there. And this is why it works. This is why it's so popular. End of the story. That's it. Yeah, that's true. It, it makes it it makes it harder for collectors who are trying to discern what is my taste and what is not. I will say that this picture in particular that we're looking at right now reminds me a lot of. This is one of the reasons why I love it. It reminds me a lot of that art blocks drop. Art blocks drop called uh, Meridian. Have you seen that? I have. Yeah, and I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> almost exactly a generative art piece. It's so kind of beautiful and abstract. Um, but anyways, I, lo I love it because of that. That's, I, I, and I really appreciate that. Uh, the, the, first, the first collector who told me that uh, is actually Art Pleb, who collected uh, yeah. the, the last photo of, uh, of that series, uh, Fireworks. And he actually put out a tweet with my image and another one from, uh, from he, he collected from Artblocks. So yeah, we're like, yeah. Th This was the perfect match. And yeah, I mean, this is exactly what I, I, I love about abstract landscape photography. I'm not saying that this is, this is the only genre that I shoot, 
but that Icelandic series was the most obvious one for me. I have a series about uh, Namibia that is coming one day, uh, which is Pentoli landscapes, but it's not going to be abstract. I mean, it's abstract in the way that it's still blowing my mind every time I look at these landscapes, but it's not as abstract as those can be. But I'm always trying to, when I release body of work now, to at least keep that signature where you're not sure exactly what you're looking at, you're a bit confused, and you are you are wondering, is that a painting? Is that an actual photo? Is that, a, you know, just like getting the, the, the viewer a bit confused. That's what I'm trying to do with the, with the body of work. Well, as usual, we have run a little over, over long. Um, did you want to talk about anything else that we didn't cover? Me or? Yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, it's your space. Yeah, quickly, if I have the opportunity, I just wanted to, 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 to touch base on that job that I have next week. Uh, yeah. Really have a chance. So it's going to be very innovative. Um, and, you know, we were talking about people need to be patient and people need to understand you cannot sell out in a second. And that's, that was the reason why I didn't put an edition out. Um, so I don't know how familiar you guys are with the, the nouns, the PFP project. I love yes. nouns. I'm like uh, recently very obsessed with nouns. Dude, I'm so obsessed as well. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm too poor to get one. I might, I might yeah. buy a little noun though. Yeah, but, I get a little noun. I just bought yeah, one. I might, I might get a little noun, but yeah, I, I, I freaking love the nouns. Um, and I've been obsessed to the point that I discover so many nounish projects based on the nouns, just like the lean nouns, but there's actually like tens and tens of them out there. Oh. And I was like, okay, this is actually very cool. So the nouns DAO, it supports people, projects, forking yeah. the nouns. They yeah. really are supportive with that. Uh, so I had this idea uh, based on the nouns where my idea would because as I said, I don't want to push, I don't know how many, how many editions to, to release. That's a big problem. When, you, when you're a photographer and you release an edition, if you're not a big, big name, you're not sure if you're gonna sell out if you release an edition of 50. And if yeah. you don't, and as we mentioned earlier, that's a problem because you're kind of stuck. Yeah. So I wanted to do something a bit different where the market is gonna actually decide the supply. Not exactly as an open edition, where an open edition, because the market decided the supply for an open edition, but for a very, very, very limited time, which again, we, do, we talked about it. I don't really like because, you know, of the FOMO and that's not how this art space would work. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to release an artwork. Uh, it's just one image that I took in New Zealand. Uh, and that artwork, I'm going to drop it on a website. Uh, on, on, a, on, a, on a website that I developed with a, with a team. And I'm going to say, it's going to be the same web design as the noun. So you, you will just see that there's going to be the noun, the logo, et cetera, et cetera. And that image is going to be available on an auction, 24-hour auction. And it's going to say, okay, this is edition one of N. N like the letter. Okay. Yeah. And you don't know for the edition number one, you as a bidder, you don't know for what you're bidding. You know you're bidding for the edition number one, but you don't know how many editions they're going to be at the end of the day. And my promise is there's going to be a new edition minting, minted every day on the next day, as long as there are bids coming. So if on day 10, no one bids, then that's it. The market decided they just want nine editions. And yeah. that's the end of the story. It's actually such, super nice. It's such a brilliant mechanism that I'm very surprised that no one else has used it. I've actually 
thought Almost of right as using well. it also. And so I'm really happy that you brought that up. That's really cool. Dude, I was so I was so surprised as well. So I had this idea a month ago when I was in Greece. And uh, you, you guys know um, uh, Blockbird, the collector? Yeah. Yep. So, well, so I, by I name only. That, I pitched that out. I pitched that out to him on the first place, and he was because I know he has a noun, so I know he was very big into the noun, and uh, he actually sh he shares a noun with a friend, and so that friend uh, of him uh, connected me to the nouns DAO, and we, what I didn't know is that you can apply for grants uh, if you do a nounish project. <coughs> so I pitched that out to the nouns DAO. I said, okay, guys, this is my idea. I want to create a new way, a new mechanism for artists, not only photographers, but for artists to drop editions because there's a lot of problem with the editions. I want to not only allow the market to decide the supply, but also the price. Because to me, as an artist coming from the traditional space, if, you know, I sell prints, I've been selling prints for, for years, all limited. For me, it, uh, so my prints are, are, are limited as an edition of seven. For me, the print number one of seven is, but that's just me, it's worth way more, it's more valuable than print number three of seven because it's just number one. And that's how their art space has been working for decades. It's like, usually collectors prefer to buy the number one, right? Uh, and so I wanted to also give the chance to the market to decide the price for each individual edition. So maybe the edition number one will go for 0.5 ETH and edition number two would go for 0.1 and that's fine because a collector can say, yeah, I actually want to spend more on edition number one. So yeah, I've, I was very surprised to, to see no one did that before. So. so can I ask this? Are you going to make, I mean, it's brilliant. Are you going to make this mechanism available? Yeah, it's going to be open source for artists. To okay. Do. I think that's really smart. You should like house it under your NFTP, like label you know so, I mean, I that's, so that's when you mentioned that because you know i first had that id for editions and then i thought oh my god uh what i should do as well with you know with nft photographers we have 200 curated photographers already we should do the same mechanism but not with editions but with a one-of-one one every day yeah. so every yeah. day one artist drops a one-of-one one on that with that mechanism on the 24-hour auction so that's we cool. might do it as well. yeah well that's really cool um i love it i love it Thank you so much for stopping by and chatting with us. I've learned a lot. I'm a little bit Pleasure, smarter. Guys. Thanks a lot for having me. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was yes, the it was hour of my day, literally. I was sleeping all day, so. Best it time. was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Um, you want to wrap up, uh, Jeff? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, you um, normally, actually... No, normally we ask if 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 the artists have any questions for us, but Johan probably will have, but we don't have any more time. So the next I time you come, you questions already anyway. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, that's fine. All right. Sorry about that. Sorry about being so. Long. So, so guys, thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we see you again next week. Next week we already have our guest uh, booked. <coughs> Going to be. Really, really fun as well. Yeah, I think. Can we? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's going to be Christopher Chin for next week. Nice. So we are going to talk about his collections. He's just dropped an edition as well. And we are going to talk about some. We are going to have a, a nice third rail with him. So we, I hope we enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. And thank you, Johan, for being with us. 
Um, please uh, go to the Big Ox Twitter and Discord. Tell us uh, what you want to hear about. Tell us, give us some suggestions on how to get better. And don't forget to press the like button and the subscription because um, it helps us to get our uh, podcast around. So thank you so much. Thanks, uh, good guys. night and hugs for everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs>